In this episode, I sit down with Jake Widman to talk about transforming his pretty much entire life. So get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and on this show, I've always uh, taken a lot of pride in creating a show that does not necessarily position me as the expert. I'm very aware of my age. I'm very aware of, uh, quite frankly, my lack of experience in the world. And so rather than try to be an authority on self-development or the next Tony Robbins or something like that, I've always found it much more interesting, both for me and and, and for you as the audience, to uh, share my personal experiences and share the things that I'm dealing with and be real and honest about that. And also to share uh, other people's stories and, and the things that they've dealt with and gone through. And instead of getting super philosophical and talking about like the big picture stuff, really drilling down to the practicality behind it. And today's guest is like the perfect combination of both of those worlds. Uh, Jake Widman is, is I'm learning in the last few weeks, such an incredible human. He, he's been able to really transform uh, his life and, and bounce back from something that a lot of people would have, have marked as the end or would have taken and, and, and sort of told themselves that same story for the rest of their lives. And uh, what I love about him and why I wanted to have him on the show is because in the same way that I want to be open and honest about everything I'm dealing with, both the struggles and the successes, he's really owning that for himself as well. So I'm going to save the story for him to tell you, uh, but but get really excited for this one because from what I've heard, like I'm super excited to really dive into this and, and, and learn as much as we can. So Jake, how are you doing today, man? Greg, I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for the great intro. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I always like to start shows with uh, the most interesting question, um, and for you, that that I think that's that's pretty obvious. Uh, where were you uh, about four years ago? Four years ago. Okay, so 2018. It's me. 2014. Or sorry, six years ago. Six years ago. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's the interesting part that you're talking about in the intro. So six years ago, um, that would have put me coming back or just, just, let's see. So 2012, yeah, like on my deployment. So if we go about seven years early, six and a half, maybe that puts me pretty much on house arrest coming back from, uh, the sentence I had to serve for my DUI and mm-hmm. fleeing. And I guess to be more precise, it wasn't exactly for the DUI. The DUI wasn't finalized until a while later. So the house arrest was for the fleeing offense of mm-hmm. when I was being pulled over for mostly erratic driving and assumed 
DUI, the officer turned on his lights to, to pull me over. And um, instead of doing the right thing, my idiocracy led me to, to keep driving and drive back to my house and mm-hmm. spend the weekend in jail. And eventually about three or four months later to be serving that sentence for house arrest, paying the fines and being held accountable for that choice that I made. And then to kind of speed it up to about six years that was going on in my second deployment. So I'm in the army shortly after that and beginning to take those small steps towards the life that I have now. Got it. Got it. Um, so just to clarify, you're, you're in the army now, like you, you're a, a soldier right now. Correct. Yeah. So I just in July hit 10 years and uh, I'll have 12 years when I can get out in 2020, 20 September to be exact. Okay. Any, uh, and obviously you don't necessarily need to, to share this if it's private, but, but any thoughts on whether or not you'll renew? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's, we could probably spend a whole interview talking just I'm about sure. that. I have had many great experiences in the military. I've had many, um, negative or less than favorable experiences and having two deployments without a wife and kids and now a wife and two kids, I have zero desire to leave them for what in pre-mobilization training and then post-mobilization training usually winds up to be about a year or so. So yeah, just with what I'm creating myself now and everything else I have going on, the desire to continue on with my service no longer. Mm -hmm. Got um, it. Got it. Um, that makes sense. Uh, so, so back to, to this story. So, uh, 2012, you are, you're coming off of, of this sentence. What, um, you've obviously had a lot of time to, to think since then. Uh, why do you think that you kept driving? Um, so it's something, and we'll get into a little bit more later, but I had probably one of the more difficult times writing about in my book was, what led me to that decision of um, I'm sitting at this stop sign and I had just gone through a parking lot and it was starting to snow out and I was pulling my e-brake just, um, I don't know what you do, I guess when it's snowing and you have, uh, don't have a rear wheel drive car, just spin the back end around. And so I was doing that, um, obviously intoxicated. And so I get to the stop sign and I see the, the cop put his lights on behind me. He's maybe a quarter mile behind me. And in that moment, what I came to was I had every possible scenario or consequence that could have been dealt to me flash through my mind. So what would my parents think? What would my brothers think of me? What would be the consequences in the military? What would be the legal and financial consequences? Uh, what would be, what would just the overall, any possible consequence that could have come from it? And weighing all of those and knowing the position that I was in, how near rock bottom I was and that I, my mental, um, emotional, just abilities couldn't take it any that getting caught. So mm. trying to do my best to make a run for it. And I'd say looking back now, fortunately getting caught, but in that moment it was devastating. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so to kind of put titles to it, a, a husband, a father, uh, a soldier, 
and aspiring, or I guess you could say technically an entrepreneur, but more so where I plan to be in the next year or two. But um, I'm someone who is endlessly or uh, incurably optimist, as I like to say. I always like to expand my perspective in a way so that I can grab that optimistic viewpoint or perspective and and have faith in people that we're going to figure the challenges that we face out, whether it's on a grand scale or an individual scale of uh, a life where I've like where I found myself in the past and that if you remain hopeful and you're able to just keep going, just take one step. A lot of what, when I first, I don't know how we initially connected, but when I heard about your podcast, tiny leaps, big changes and the journey that I was on at the time of discovering you and your show, it's a message that I've, tried to put out to people is, and I even did just last week about how important those daily steps are, how annoying they might be, how inconsequential they might be on their, your overall journey and really just how unnoticeable they might be on any given day. You probably won't notice the ground you're covering because those steps are so small, but overall a week or a month or a year, you're going to look back and realize how much impact those daily steps that you were making actually had. So that's really the general or uh, maybe a little bit more specific message that I try to put out is is spreading hope, understanding, love, positivity, and in a way that allows people to be inspired and and go about their life in a better manner. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's two two big things I want to uh, sort of dive into here. So the first is this question of hope. And um, this is something that that as I was writing uh, my book, I, I really started to understand the power of uh, this question of just having hope for for something to be different in the future. And, and without that, uh, it almost becomes impossible to, to drive any behavior change whatsoever. Uh, so could you tell me a little bit about what role... Uh, hope played for you in in those six years between 2012 and, and sort of where you're at now. And I think you mentioned before 2012, like you weren't married, you didn't have kids. Uh, now, obviously, you you have a family that you want to hold on to. Uh, mm-hmm. Before even that came into to place, what was playing that role of hope for you that that allowed you to stand up and and decide, okay, you know what, I need to make some serious changes in my life. So when I did hit rock bottom eventually, um, unfortunately, or oddly enough, it wasn't after that weekend being spent in jail. It was coming home from that weekend, going right back in that same day that I arrived home and drinking and getting high and continuing on the same path I was. I just had the same friends. I came home to the same friends I was with the night I got arrested and they were more than happy to help me forget about it with weed and alcohol. And so it wasn't until months later that I hit rock bottom and actually my publisher helped me uh, classify it or identify it, I guess, quite perfectly define it maybe Mm -hmm. as rock bottom being when we run out of every single resource, we have really nothing left. We have, I had no money. I had just that night before I had $40 in cash left. I went to the bar saying I was going to get some food and a few drinks and 
ended up getting a few drinks. A friend at the bar asked me if I wanted to stay out a little longer. And I said, yeah, I can't spend much money though. Cause I'm only vowing to myself to only spend this $20 while I wake up the next morning, go to my car to go get some gas and realize that the $20 of the 40 that I had left in my center console was also gone that I had spent it somehow came back to my car while blacked out and spent it. Mm. So I had not only that, but uh, $25 in debt for uh, legal fees I need to take out for my lawyer, fines I had already paid, and just mentally and emotionally broken beyond almost all repair. So the only <laughs> thing I did have left was hope that one day if I was going to be taken, if I, if I made these small steps and just gradually improve the choices that I was making, that I would be able to get to someplace better. I didn't care what it looked like, where I was. I didn't have any big goal or a plan even, just better better uh, choices mm-hmm. and hope that one day by making these choices, my life would be better. And sure enough, you know, I'd take two steps forward one day and the next day I would go out and get drunker than I intended to or drink when I didn't want to or intend to. And eventually over time, that kind of up and down graph Mm -hmm. trended upwards. And I was able to look back over that period of time and, and see the, the, I guess the daily steps that I was taking towards that better life. Which is, it's so incredible hearing you say this because uh, in the experience that, that I've had in, in uh, my life so far and uh, pretty much every guest I've had the pleasure of speaking to, that seems to always be how it works is uh, you take those two steps and then you sink back down and then you take it three steps and sink back down and four steps. And, and eventually uh, the net result is that you are moving forward, but on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't necessarily feel like it. Um, what, uh, what, if, if anything, if, do you remember if there was anything you, you were doing, uh, in that, that gap after hitting rock bottom to now that allowed you to, to keep bouncing back when you did fall? Because I know that's an area a lot of people get stuck on is, uh, they, they decide, okay, this is it. I'm going to do something. And they do great for three, four, five days, maybe even a month. And then something triggers them and they, they fall back down and eventually they just fall back into the hole and, and have to start over six months later. So how did you get yourself to, to stick with it even when you failed? I always hesitate to start a question with that or a, a response with that's a great question. But in all honesty, that's a phenomenal question because in my experience, I've seen that that's the case as well, that whether it's someone starting a business or it's someone looking for a job or going to college or trying to find a spouse or make it out of rock bottom that, like you said, it's those slip ups, those daily or however often they happen, those, those, um, poor decisions that we make that kind of derail us and we need to grab focus and get back on the path again. Um, man, that's good, Greg. I I would say uniquely to me is that I have a huge drive to achieve, to want to help end some level of suffering in people's lives, Mm. to want to share my story and knowing the benefit that it not only has had to me and learning more about myself, gaining a higher level of self-awareness, but in the benefit that it has had to others and them saying, 
which I believe to be one of the premier benefits of sharing our stories is that in sharing it, someone else is allowed to then say, Hey, me too. Um, I've experienced that. I felt that way. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, and more specifically to answer your question to anyone on that journey of whatever it might be, is just kind of going back to hope again, in a way that knowing that if you continue to make those choices and do the right things over time, that you're going to see those benefits. And then obviously having a desire, a reason why you're on that journey, a reason why you began it in the first place. I just knew that the life I was living was absolute hell and I couldn't keep living that. So maybe it was the fear of ever returning back to it, not really having anything uh, in front of me that I was necessarily looking forward to in my worst times. You know, now I have plenty to look forward to. I know what setting goals looks like, but back then I was confused. I was young and dumb. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it was the fear of returning back to something, not the um, excitement of going towards something that kept me correcting my path to go forward or go up. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about Warby Parker. Now, I still remember when I first got told that I needed glasses. I was going in for my driver's test. Actually, not even the driver's test, the permit test. So I must have been, what, 16, 17? And um, I guess 16. And I couldn't do the eye test. And this was the first time I'd ever failed at. And I just remember feeling so discouraged, so upset that I was going to have to wear glasses for the rest of my life. I remember being so worried that uh, they were going to look hideous, like I was going to look horrible wearing glasses. I remember uh, thinking about how annoying it was going to be to have to keep them clean and scratch free and uh, not lose them and, and just all the things that any teenager who's told they need glasses is going to start thinking. And I just remember it being this sort of devastating period in my life. Now, it's been quite a few years since then and actually now love the fact that I wear glasses. And that is in no small part because I found Warby Parker. Warby Parker is, in my opinion, uh, next level when it comes to the glasses game, when it comes to the eyewear game. They are revolutionary, both as far as pricing goes and as far as the look and feel of them goes. And what's really cool about them, they have this really interesting home try-on option. Now, I've done this so many times. I've been wearing Warby Parker now for uh four, five years, five years. And uh, in that time, I've tried on so many different glasses. And so here's how it works. You go to the website, warbyparker.com. You uh, sign up and all you have to do is select five different pairs of glasses, uh, the frames that you want to try on. You want to see what they look like on you. They've got regular glasses. They've got sunglasses. Uh, they've got uh, all different styles. So square, round, uh, small, large, based on the way your nose falls. Like they really put work into this. And you just select the five you want to see. You want to try them on and they ship it to you. No charge. They ship you a box of five glasses for you to try on. How cool is that? And now you get to try these things on in the comfort of your own home. You get to see what they look like with your favorite outfits. You get to uh, try on the shades and, and compare it to maybe some old shades that you have or an old pair of glasses. And then once you're done, you just pack them back in the box, put the prepaid shipping label on that box and send it back. That's it. 
How freaking cool is that? You get to try on the glasses you want and just send them back and it's all free. And then you get to go into the website, pick the ones that you decided on and make that purchase. And when you do, glasses start at $95, which includes, by the way, the prescription lenses. And the lenses, like, let me talk about this for a second. I am notoriously, notoriously uh, not careful with things. I buy glasses and they scratch pretty much immediately. But Warby Parker's lenses, they were like made for me. They are anti-glare. They have anti-scratch coatings. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. So not only... Not only do you get to try them on for free, not only do you get to see what it's like in the comfort of your home and then send it back and then you get a pair of dope glasses for $95, glasses you know you love because you've had the chance to try them. Not only do you get all of that, they're also going to do something good and give a pair to somebody in need when you purchase one. That's really, really cool. And so uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Warby Parker. I, I, I think that this is one of those few companies that regardless of whether or not they were sponsoring this episode, I would want to work with them. I've been wearing them for so long. They are a part of my day-to-day life. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited to have them on. That's why I'm so excited to work with them as a part of this deal. So if you are as pumped about this as I am. If you are a glasses wearer or just someone looking to, uh, to to switch their brand of glasses, who needs to start wearing glasses, if you want to have amazing looking sunglasses, uh, whatever your eyewear needs, if you are ready for a free home try-on, head over to warbyparker.com slash tiny leaps. That's warbyparker.com slash tiny leaps. Head over there. Pick your five pairs and all that's it. You just pick the five pairs, they ship them to you and you get to try them on for five days. Let me also tell you about a new program I'm working on. Over the nearly three years since hosting this podcast, I've come to realize that the biggest problem we all face is bridging the gap between what we know we should be doing and are actually doing it. That's why I created The Lab. The Lab is an experimental community designed to help you fill in the gaps in your knowledge and then immediately, immediately push you to translate that knowledge into action. I believe, as I'm sure you do, that action is really the only thing that can create change in your life. If you want to make more money, you have to do it. If you want to lose weight, you have to do it. No matter what your goal is, you have to get out there and do the thing that drives those results. Just thinking about it or wanting it or setting goals around it isn't going to do it. You need to actually sit down and do. And that's why in the lab, we are going to help you take that action quickly so that you can start seeing the changes you're looking for in your life. To learn more or to sign up, head over to tinyleapslab.com right now. That's www.tinyleapslab.com. Head over there. That's going to give you a little bit more information, explain how the program works, and we will see you on the other side. I love that, the the fear of going back to something and uh, to to some degree, the hope that something can change, that something can be different. Uh, So the book is called Up, Lessons of Adversity, Hitting Bottom, and Choosing a Life that Matters. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this. Obviously, it, it, it 
uh, tells the story of of who you were back then, who you are now, that journey. Um, but what can readers expect to walk away with? So it's something that uh, it was hard to classify at first because it's I read and followed people like um, Ryan Blair, where his book is Rock Bottom to Rockstar. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his story of being at rock bottom to becoming a very wealthy person and into young people and, and more of my target audience. That's more flashy. That's desirable. That's the Instagram accounts with the, with the watches and the cars and the stacks of money. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I want that. But for me to just say, reading this will help you improve your life and not be miserable or suffering or be an addict, that's not as flashy. It's like, well, it, so yeah, to, to classify that was difficult at first. But overall, what I say is it's a memoir slash self-help. I wanted to stay away from the whole self-help strictly just because of nature. I think that tends to get a bad rap, even though I love that genre, but <laughs> hey, you're speaking, you're preaching um, so yeah, my story, right now, it starts off of how as a 14 year old, I got drunk for the first time and how just reflecting on my past, which is a big theme of the earlier chapter an earlier chapter in the book is how important reflection is. So while writing the book, I had to sit down and see how that choice of getting drunk while I was 14 and then going back to school that summer and talking about that experience in study hall with friends and a very, at a very impressionable age. And then realizing that not only around a campfire could I get attention and be funny and open up, but I could do so at the parties that we began having as 14 year olds. And then it just, multiplied from there it is what's that eighth grade so then you know ninth tenth eleventh senior year it becomes something that's that we're doing every weekend and finding more friends to do it it becomes the the cool thing more acceptable i guess you could say especially in college and then it kind of leads to that rock bottom point of sitting on my couch and slamming my fist down on the coffee table in frustration and standing up and beginning to realize that I was in control of my life and that I was the only one who was going to be able to change it to make my life better. And then that journey of getting to where I'm at now, really. So sharing, excuse me, some of those key points, reflection, gratitude that aren't flashy and all that attractive, but are nonetheless incredibly important. Some of those like soft skills, I guess you could say, and how they will open up so much potential in your life if you actually learn to experience and be grateful for things beyond just a shirt on your back and, and clean water to drink. Being grateful for, like a, and I share in the book, being arrested and the lessons that it taught me. And so all those lessons that are awaiting to be learned from our choices and our experiences, if only we allow ourselves to take the time to reflect on them, learn from them, and be grateful for the lessons that we learn from them. That's that's absolutely phenomenal. And what I love here is I, I talk a lot on this show about uh, I, one of my favorite episodes and, and definitely a fan favorite as well is titled This Is Not Self-Help. And, and my goal with this episode was to make it very clear that 
I'm not a fan of of the self-help industry or or sort of a lot of the ideas around it because in my mind uh it's just human progress like we are wired for change we are wired to keep moving forward and keep moving upwards that's the reason that uh humanity has made it this far so uh, up to this point and and to take that and turn it into a series of steps that if you follow this formula, you'll find your passion and be happy forever and then package that and sell it for $6,000 is absolutely absurd. Um, and, and so the reason I love the concept for this book, this, this, this idea of part memoir with some self-helpy things in there, like that, that's so real to me. That is the way it's supposed to be. It's your story of of navigating your life and and uh, progressing over time and pursuing more and 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 finally getting to that place where you have it and sharing that and by sharing that uh, you are not only showing what is possible for the reader uh, but you're also showing how it happened and so it's no longer oh well that's great that they did that but I feel disconnected to it it's also oh. I can do all of these things. I can I can wake up every day and and choose to do something different from whatever my norm is. I can I can be better. And that's what enables people to create whatever change they're trying to create. Like literally anything you want can be created in that same way. And that's why I love the concept for this book. Um so Jake, what I I, I want to as we wrap up here um hear from you like what is what is your favorite story from this book or what was your, your favorite mm. thing to write? So the whole book that's sorry. Did I cut no, you no, off? no. Uh, just what's your favorite story or what, what was your favorite thing to write? Um, favorite story. So it's I'm, I'm, when maybe the most important part of, of reflecting is at least what while writing my book taught me is that, I don't know, maybe it was just because a lot of the events that I shared in it weren't something that I'm, ex- I'm exactly proud of. It's, yeah, like reflection brings those back when you have to sit down and try and remember these events or this timeline. So my book began as just a recounting of events, so like 276 pages of just pretty much first memory to present moment of putting the pen down on the paper. And... So favorite story would maybe be, I'm just, excuse me, my mom had gotten me a job at a place that she owned her own cleaning cleaning business and she got me a job there. And from the first day I started, I absolutely hated it. Not only was I in a miserable place mentally and emotionally, but I was sitting there pretty much an assembly line, but on a computer, I was just, it was a dental facility and we were making like dentures and stuff like that. And I had to design these teeth and stuff like that on this computer design program. And so I was messing up and I was had to, having to take ADD medication from a friend that I was buying from him so I could just focus and not totally destroy this place and burn it to the ground. <laughs> and yeah, just being where I was, I figured I'd handle my stress and my poor life the only way I knew how by going out and drinking. So it was a Thursday night. I went out with some friends, got probably more drunk than I've ever been in my life, 
somehow ended the night at this club right off of the main street in a college town near me. And I wake up. The next memory I have is I'm laying in this like booth type thing with a big, huge picture window behind me. And I'm just confused. And where am I? What is going on? And I look around and I see off to my left, this huge wall of alcohol bottles and the taps for beer. And I realize I'm inside this club that I woke up in and I can see it's just by looking outside, it's probably nine, 10 o'clock and I'm in my underwear. So I just kind of walk around confused as all could be. And eventually, after about 10 minutes, find my pants, shoes, shirt, belt upstairs outside of this bathroom. And I put those on. And mind you, at this point, I was on um, a signature bond. So one or some of the stipulations of being on the signature bond was I couldn't drink. I couldn't do any sort of substances, you know, getting high, anything like that. And I had to pay, well, sign my name for if I broke any of these things that I would be paying over $5,000 to the court. So I walk out of this bar, the door's locked, I, uh, is locked. I unlock it and walk out just scared as I've ever been in my life to ensure that hopefully there's not a police officer around. I'm walking out of this bar and just regular street attire and hopefully they don't have security cameras and wonder why I'm in their building. And so, yeah, walk out and have about a half hour walk back to my friend's house, get my phone, get it charged and call my boss. I was supposed to work that morning at, I think like eight o'clock and call her. And I said, Hey, um, whatever her name was that I wasn't going to be able to make it in for about another 45 minutes, but I'd be right in. And she says, no, Jake, we're not going to need you today. And actually we're not going to need you at all anymore. We're going to have to let you go. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I understand. And so I hung up the phone in a sense of excitement of not having to go to that place anymore. That was making me more miserable daily. But also my mom helped me get this job. She was more than fed up with the life that I was living, having to cover for me, having to worry every night that she went to bed, that the cops were going to knock on her door and tell her that her 22, 21 year old son had died. And so, um, I just went home and, yeah, just I think I ended up drinking that day and just continued to, to spiral out of control. And it wasn't long after that that I hit rock bottom. But so that's that's one of the most interesting mm. stories in it, just of uh, kind of unbelievable almost. And maybe the most important theme or chapter is the one of absolute ownership of no matter what, you're always one of the only or you are the only common denominator in every situation you've ever found yourself in. And by nature, you therefore have to take some of the responsibility for whatever situation or consequence that you find yourself in. And if you can be honest with yourself and realize that and take ownership for the rightful part or role that you played in that outcome or consequence, and you can recover from it that much quicker. You can learn the lessons that it's waiting to teach you. And you can then kind of course correct or plot forward a different path that's going to get you the results that you want. It's absolutely, absolutely spot on. Jake, where could we find the book? 
So anywhere, really, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere online, I should say, uh, or my website, sologood.co forward slash up book. Um, yeah, that's any of those places are certainly perfect. Awesome. So the, the book is called up. Uh, you can find it anywhere. I actually just ordered my copy on Amazon. So whatever is easiest for you, uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, anywhere else that we can connect with you directly? I hang out on Facebook a lot. I do like Facebook with being a busy dad, husband, full-time employee. Currently, uh, I don't have a lot of excess time. So I spend a lot of my resources or devote a lot of my resources to Facebook. I am on Instagram, sologood.co, or you can just find me, friend me, follow me on Facebook, Jake Whitman. Beautiful. So Jake, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you for sharing uh, your your life and your stories with us. I, I know somebody out there is listening that not only can relate, uh, but is is earlier in their journey than you are now. And, and they're going to hear this story and think, you know what, I can do this too. I, I can make this happen. Uh, so, so thank you again. And thank you to you guys, the listeners, for, for sharing your time with us, for showing up, for, for continuing to invest your time into your own growth and your own progress. Uh, one of the big things I, I love about this show and the community we've built is that it's all about progress over perfection. It's never about uh, trying to be the best we can be. It's never about any of like the cute Instagram quote type things. It's always about wake up every day, figure out what we want, do the things that get us there. That's it. Uh, so, so thank you again for taking the time to be here. If you have not already, click subscribe. That is the best way to make sure you never miss a new episode. And it's the best way to show the show that that, that you support it, that you want to hear more of, of these types of interviews and of the solo episodes that I release. So click that subscribe button wherever you are consuming this. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Oh.